0: hey guys what's up welcome to another episode of ps jimmy and friends just want to take a moment and talk about our not-for-profit collective church inc we are not your typical church we don't have a sunday service but our heart is to reach people every single day through cafes and their, their, their church cafes that reach people i want to tell you about my friend Anne. Ian lost his wife about seven months ago and the next day didn't know what to do woke up, walked down the road and walked in to Eden Cafe and he's been coming back every day since we started doing communion Ian started coming along to communion and now every time I see Ian he smiles and he goes guess what, guess what James I go to a cafe that has communion and Ian found friendship at one of our church cafes because we were open every day. And I want to ask, can you help us stay open every single day? We would love it if you could contribute financially to everything that we're doing at Collective Church Inc. Head over to our website, collectivechurch.com.au and thank you in advance for helping us reach more people just like you. Ian. Love you. Let's get into it. Yeah. What's up? Hey, um, welcome back. PS Jimmy and friends. Uh, it is just PS Jimmy today. I've been chatting to a couple of friends. I'm um, going to get some friends on the show soon talking about practicing the way. We're in the middle of our practicing the way series. I want to thank you for joining me. Um, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, that's okay. I encourage you to go back listen to. Um, The episode from the start of practicing the way series. Um, There's heaps of other great content on there as well. Uh, Really helpful thing that we did was talking about deconstruction. So many people trying to deconstruct their faith. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. Um, I am excited though. I've been chatting to my wife. Going to get my wife on the podcast soon, and we're going to talk about all things faith, following Jesus. Um, What's it like not running a church? You know, Uh, she's been a PK and involved in running church her whole life. Um, I've been running church um, or actively involved in running church for 20 years and we've taken a year off and we've been loving it. And so I'm excited to get her on the show soon. But today we are talking about practicing the way of Jesus. And we're going to be talking from Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 to 20. And um, there's something in there which... If you don't look for it, you won't find it. You'll you'll look right past it. And we're talking about something today that there's a lot of confusion about. And to be honest, a lot of people's Christian walk and their salvation life is not everything it can be because of the misunderstanding found in this section of what Jesus says. So I'm really excited about getting into it. But just before I do, I love this quote from Mark Twain the two post uh, the, <laughs> the two post <clears throat> the two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why and today is going to be the day that you find out why you were born um, you know you're not an accident there's no one on this planet right now at this moment that God didn't want right here now at this moment. There's a reason you weren't born 100 years ago, um, unless you're like 100 listening to this, (laughs) or there's a reason that you're not born in 10 years. There's a reason that you're here right here uh, today, now, and there's a purpose for it. So Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 20, remember this is our Practicing the Way series uh serious um series and this is going to help us understand more about who Jesus is what he said and us just becoming more like Christ and like i said this is juicy um before we get into it, i just need to clarify that when it comes to practicing the way of Jesus that's not how you earn your salvation you cannot earn your salvation Being saved as in um, being saved from the consequence of sin, which is death, um, an eternity without God. You cannot do anything to earn that back. The only thing you can do is put your faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross. He died to forgive you of your sins, to pay the penalty for all the wrongs that I have done, that you have done, and that we will do and we have done in the past. And we can only find righteousness and right standing with God by putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Um, Nothing you do can ever get you saved. But once you are saved, we spend our life working out what being saved means. And Jesus talks a lot about that. Now, a lot of people that are Christian go their whole life and never really work out what being saved means and they're still going to go to heaven they're still going to be with god forever but they would have missed out on all the beauty that life could be right here and right now and today that's what we're talking about so let's just get straight into it. a bit of chunk of scripture but open your heart and just let god speak to you and just before we do let's pray lord help me today as we open the bible as we explain the bible and we read the words of jesus God, help me not to talk in my own strength, but only led by the Holy Spirit. And whoever's listening, I pray you speak to their hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. Here we go. The words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 5, reading from verse 13 through to 20. Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty? your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. All right, massive. It starts off, you're the salt of the earth. You, me, uh, those that are followers of Christ, you are the salt of the earth. What does that even mean? Well, back in the day, they didn't have refrigerators like we do. They used salt to sustain food. So if you, if you get meat and you bathe it in salt and you keep it in salt, it will keep that meat good for a long time. That, that, that's what salt does. Salt sustains things. It protects things. But it not only does that, it also brings out the flavor within the food. So when you uh, uh, f- flavor food, you've got a tomato and you, you eat the tomato with nothing on it, it, it tastes, it tastes okay. But when you put salt into that tomato, it draws all the flavor and it just oh, it it wets the palate. It's just so much more delicious. And that's what Jesus is saying. You are the sustainer of people on earth. You are the kind of person that brings out the true flavors of someone's life. You help people be everything that they were born to be. That's who we are as followers of Jesus. And then he says, you are the light of the world. Now, they didn't have light bulbs back then. They had candles. And they would light a candle and they would put it on a stand And as you put that candle on a stand, it would light up the whole room. But at nighttime, when you wanted to put that candle out, you would put it under something and it would cut all the oxygen off and it would go out. See, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom (laughs) and it's pitch dark and you're walking around and you don't want to turn the light on, right? Because you don't want to wake yourself up. It's like, no, no, just stay asleep. Try and get to the bathroom, but stay asleep. So you don't turn the light on and you're you're stumbling out of bed and bang, you you kick your toe on the side. And it canes and you're just so frustrated and the pain was so bad that you've woken up anyway. Um, because you didn't want to turn the light on because when you, when you are asleep and you turn the light on, it is offensive. It wakes you up. And that's the same with being the light of the world. It, it wakes up the world. That's, that's what the, that's what light does. When the sun rises, what happens? It wakes up the world. And that's what we as followers of Jesus do. We wake up the world from their sleep and their slumber and they're going through the motions of just paying the bills and living for themselves. We wake the world up. That's what light does. And not only does it wake the world up, but it shows people how to get to where they want to go. I wake up in the middle of the night, if I just turn the light on, I can see Clearly, and that's what followers of Jesus do for the world. We help people see clearly how to get where their soul and the spirit longs to go. So, but Jesus says here, if salt loses its saltiness, what good is it for? It's no good just to be thrown out and trampled on. He goes, If if you're a light, it's not meant to be hidden. So he's, he's, he's introducing an idea here that we are something. We are the salt of the earth as followers of Jesus. We are the light of the world, but you can lose that saltiness and you can be dimmed as a light. You can be put out. You can be hidden as a light. So it poses the big question, how on earth do we be salty as followers of Jesus and how can we lose our saltiness? How can we be bright lights and how can we lose that light? What makes a person salty? What makes a person a light? So the question I want to answer is how do I shine bright? How do I stay salty? How do I be this life-giving force in humanity that everywhere I go, I make the world a better place? I ooze goodness and I help people be who they were designed to be everywhere I go. I mean, I want to be a life-giving person. I think it's in every single person. If you're listening to this, of course, you want to be a life-giving person. But I don't know about you, but sometimes I just lose that. And sometimes I'm even the opposite, and I take away from people. And maybe you're the same as me. Sometimes you're not that person. So how are we salty? How can we be the light? And Jesus says something so powerful straight after this. He says, Whoever sets aside the Old Testament Scripture and its commands are least in the kingdom of heaven. So, okay, so listen to this. This is, this is verse 17. I, I've just got to read it. So Jesus said, you're the salt, but you can lose your saltiness. You're the light, but it can be hidden, but that's not how you're designed. And he goes, uh, so and then he goes, let your light shine for others that they may see your good deeds. So the question is, what are the good deeds he's talking about? Because if they see your good deeds, they'll glorify your father in heaven, and they too will have this abundant life. And then he immediately says, "Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets." Now, in my church tradition, a very modern evangelical um, church tradition, there has been a huge controversy over this word "law." And do we follow the law? Do we not? Are we under the law? Are we not under the law? And I feel like maybe we've just sort of missed what Jesus said, because Jesus said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Now, a lot of people stop there and say, yeah, see, the law has been fulfilled, and we just put our faith in Jesus, and that means we fulfill all of the law as well. But that's not what Jesus says. (laughs) Let's, let's let's do this. Let's listen to what Jesus says. He says in verse 18, For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of the pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Okay, so he's saying the law is still existent and it's still important. And then in verse 19, he says, Therefore anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands. So anyone who goes on out the law, that's Old Testament. Whoever does that, is least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever teaches others and practices these laws, they are called great in the kingdom of heaven. And he goes, Because I tell you, unless your goodness, your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees. Now, I need to, you need to understand something. The Pharisees didn't do things from the heart. They were religious, they were legalistic, they put other people down. They used the law to put people under. So that is not good. You know, that's like if, if I have the Sabbath, and I think the Sabbath is important because it's good for my family, it's good for me. But if I use the Sabbath to now tell you, oh, you don't do the Sabbath, that's not good, you're not pleasing God, that is not, that, that's not the law. That is like what Pharisees do to take the law and start controlling people. That is not what the law was for. The law was always to bring order to chaos. It was always to bring light to darkness. It was always to bring life to death. It was always to bring hope to humanity. That's why the law exists. Now, I need to digress for one second, and we need to talk about the three different aspects of the law. There is uh, the moral law, which still exists today. Do not murder. Um, do not use the Lord's God name. <laughs> do not use God's name in vain. There's, there's, there's these moral laws. Um, put others first. And Jesus, he, he reinterprets the law, but so it's something that's in our hearts. And so that we don't do it because someone's telling us to. We do it because our heart wants to do it now. There's the moral law, and the, the moral law is something we would all agree with. Now, there's not just the moral law. There is now the um, the sacrificial law. Now, the sacrificial law is like, okay, you've sinned, okay, Israel, you've sinned, you've sinned, okay. Now you need to sacrifice a lamb. And if you sacrifice a lamb, then that's gonna uh, be a sacrifice for your sins. Now, through Jesus Christ. He is the Lamb of God. He is the sacrifice. So how do we, we... We still need to fulfill that law. So how do we fulfill the sacrificial law? By having faith in Jesus Christ. So yes, we still need to fulfill it. There still has to be a sacrifice for sin, but that is Jesus the moral law we still need to fulfill the moral we can't just go around murdering people because we're christians now <laughs> and we can't pick and choose what laws are good or or what are bad. we still should fulfill these laws right we still should have sabbath and we we should do the ten commandments we should do these things but we shouldn't lord it over one another like oh you don't do it you know no 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 jesus is saying no no no, no. the law is going to be something that now is secret between you and me And you're going to do it from your heart. These are important. So there's the moral law, there's the sacrificial law, and there's the prophets. Now, the prophets are all prophesying about a Messiah, a Savior coming. And Jesus, again, is the fulfillment of the prophets. And so when it comes to the law, doing the good things that the law talks about, let's talk about tithing. I've heard it so many times. We don't tithe because tithing is from the law. That's crazy. Jesus said, "Whoever sets aside one of the least one of these laws is is the least in the kingdom." We cannot set aside things that are written in the Bible. We have to ask ourselves, "What does this look like in my life?" We need to we need to pray about the law and say, "God, okay, what does this mean?" Now, Jesus in Matthew 5, 6 and 7, he he reestablishes the law. And that's what we're going to touch on as we keep doing this series and how we can practice it, but not practice it to be saved, not practice it to be holy, but practice it because that's what makes us have this abundant life, right? We, we believe in Jesus, but we want to do more than just believe in Jesus. We want to practice the things he spoke about because that gives us abundant life. So what makes a person salty? What makes a person light? It's practicing the laws of Jesus. Now, some people listen to this right now. You've grown up maybe in a church experience like mine and you're really struggling right now. Like law, no, law is is, is like opposed to grace. That is so far from the truth. I tell you, grace is opposed to earning. You cannot earn anything from God. You cannot earn your righteousness. You cannot earn salvation. Grace can do that. Only grace can do that. Only faith in Christ and grace through Christ Jesus makes us right with God. But grace is definitely not opposed to effort. In fact, Jesus speaks about effort all through everything he talks about. It's about us putting in the effort. But the effort is also not on our own. It's the grace we receive when we put our faith in Christ and he gives us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit actually empowers our spirit to put the effort in. So we do it with God. So how do I shine bright? How do I stay salty? Whoever sets aside the Old Testament scriptures and its commands lose all their salt and light. If you're going to ride off the things that Jesus said, the the laws of the the moral law on how to live guess what you will lose your salt and light. maybe, maybe you're listening to this right now you've been a christian for a while but you've been writing off the laws and your life is not what it looks is is not what you want it to look like i want to encourage you to read matthew 5 6 and 7 and just give it a go Just try it out. Heck, try this. Try reading the 10 Commandments and just give them a go. Now, start from number one. Don't don't start. Just, Just try one at a time and just see if it doesn't make your life so much better. You would be amazed at how practicing what Jesus said, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament. Now, remember, we're talking about the moral law because Jesus has fulfilled the sacrificial law, so we can't go kill a lamb. There's no need, because Jesus is the lamb. Um, There's the prophets. Now, we're not looking for another Messiah to fulfill it, because Jesus is the Messiah. But the moral law, this is beautiful. Now, there's another aspect of the law. There's the civil law. Now, this was in the context for the Israelites as they were walking around the wilderness. It was like, okay, look, if old maid's donkey falls over and dies and, and you see it and you don't help, well, then you need to give him a donkey. Now, that was the civil law, and that was very contextual. We still have civil law today. Like the civil law is, okay, there's a 60 kilometer zone right here, but if it's a in, in a built-up area, you go 50 kilometers because we don't want to kill children. The civil law is contextual, so... There's absolutely aspects from the Israelite law that could apply to today, but we still have a civil law that is based on the context of today, and we still abide by that civil law. But it's the moral law that Jesus speaks about all the time. And through Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he's speaking about the moral law and about us living a moral life because it makes us better people. So whoever practices and teaches these commands is salty and bright. You would be amazed at how your whole life will turn around if you just start praying the way Jesus taught us to pray. If you, if you take a day off, take, take a Sabbath once a week because the Sabbath is saying, I don't need to earn all of my living myself. I trust God, so I set a day aside I just trust God. I could go on, and we'll teach about all of this over the next uh, couple of weeks as we're going through this practice, uh, through this uh, series, practicing the way. But we're not going to dive into all that stuff today. We're just going to whet the appetite. Those that do it are salt and brighty, uh, are salt and brighty, <laughs> are salty and bright. Um, and whoever has a righteousness from the heart. Now Jesus says unless your righteousness surpasses those of the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees, they weren't worried about uh, character transformation. They were just worried about you doing what they told you to do. And Jesus is not worried about just you doing what he says. He's worried about character transformation. As we'll learn in the upcoming series, he says when you do these things, do it in secret. Because Jesus is concerned about character transformation. That's why he says to all the disciples when he died and he ascended back to him, he says, don't do anything till the Holy Spirit comes, because when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll receive power. Because, Because we need the Holy Spirit to do a work in us, a powerful work of transformation. And then we desire to do these things. I know I use this all the time, but... This illustration is just so perfect. When I was getting married, and <laughs> no, that no, was a long time ago, 11 years, I started to eat salad because I wanted to lose salad. But what happened, my, my uh, internal system, it liked junk food. So at first, my internal system uh, didn't want to eat salad. And so it was painful for me to eat salad at first. But as I started eating salad, it did a work inside of me. It transformed my inner desires my body started to crave different things. Then after a week or two, it was easy because the character of my gut was transformed. And then I could do these things that gave life to my mortal body easily. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's not saying you do this and if you don't, oh, I'm going to come down. You No, he wants to work on character transformation. And character transformation leads to this amazing life where we are bright where we're salty and we make the world a better place so to be salty to be bright we need to practice what Jesus taught and we need to teach others to practice what Jesus taught I'm going to finish up with this Joshua chapter 1 verses 8 from the Old Testament <laughs> which I love, which Jesus said, don't get rid of. Uh, Paul said, all scripture is useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, in righteousness, um, in our following of Christ Jesus. The law, the Old Testament, it's beautiful. Please do not throw it out. If you only read the New Testament, bring it back in, read some of that Old Testament. It's so good. But Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, Joshua says this, keep this book of the law... Always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Now, just I just want to highlight something. Just as I kept the lettuce on my lips and it did a transformation of my inner workings, when you keep the law, the things that Jesus tells us to do, on your lips... It starts to transform the desires of your body. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Talk about it with friends. Read it. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. So keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night to see that's getting in us. That's character transformation so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. I love J- Joshua doesn't just say, hey, keep this law and do everything written in it. No, there's a process to character transformation that's keeping it on our lips, that's meditating on it, that's letting it soak into us. Like, let the words of Jesus soak into us into you so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Now, here it is. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Oh, I love that. Then you will be salty and you will be bright. Oh, the law's got a bad rap in the modern Pentecostal evangelical church. But I want to say what Jesus said. Do not write it off. Do not set it aside, but listen to the way Jesus reframes it and start putting the practices into your life. And I promise you, you will be prosperous and successful. You will be salty and you will be bright and you will have the abundant life that so many Christians feel that they don't have because they put their faith in Jesus, but they don't follow Jesus. Amen. Now look, there's a lot there and we're going to unpack it in the future things, um, in the future episodes. So we're not going to dive straight into it, but we're going to finish up there. Um, I'm going to pray for you. Um, Don't feel any condemnation. Look, I'm learning so much of this at the moment, just me personally. And I've been a pastor for 20 years and I'm like, why didn't someone tell me this 20 years ago? My life could have been so much better. If I had a pastor pull me aside and say, hey, the Old Testament, we don't ride that off. Everything in there is important for us to understand. We need to meditate on the moral law and and, and let it do a work in our hearts. May the law be written on our hearts. This is beautiful. Let's practice these things. Let's do these things. Oh, my life would be so much better. I I wish I wasn't learning it right now. Anyway, let me pray for you. Jesus, we thank you for your words. We thank you that someone wrote them down so that we could read them 2,000 years later. Father, give us ears to hear and hearts to understand and spirits to receive what you say. Lord, as we go on this journey of practicing the way of Jesus, Lord, keep us far from hypocrisy Keep us far from legalism. Keep us far from judging others and, and becoming. Self, keep us far from self-righteousness. Lord, may this journey just be one of personal character between you, God, and us, the people. May we do this journey with you. Father, we don't want to perform to earn anything from you. We don't want to do these things in order to be righteous. We just want to practice these things because you said that if we do, we'll be like the man who built his house on a rock. It won't fall. And Joshua, it says, we'll be prosperous and successful. You said we'll be salty and we'll be bright. Lord, we want to have great lives. We don't want to just have a hope for a great life. We want to have that great life. So help us to understand and to practice your ways with the right spirit the spirit of grace and the spirit of forgiveness and if we get it wrong lord may we not be guilty or feel shameful but just get back on the horse knowing that you've forgiven us and you've empowered us we love you we thank you jesus for your words and help us for the rest of this series to get it right and to get it right from the heart and to show grace and love to everyone in jesus name amen Amen. Peace and love from Jimmy. Love you. And we will uh, chat to you next time. Peace.